Scene 1, exterior, Omi Island, daytime. Jesus, it was great. <laughs> Full stop. It's, it's, it's just great. And I guess some old man dying one day, you know, when they asked him, uh, what was it like to raise all those children and everything you'd gone through? He says, look, he says, it was just like going to sleep at the night time and having a dream. It's like I dreamt it all. A man in his late 60s stands outside his mobile home. It looks like the edge of the world. It used to be my old mobile home there. I was only out for the week when it blew away. It ended up about three fields away. This is Pascal Whelan, the only full-time resident of Omi Island, a tidal island off the coast of Connemara. Before I had my little bits of troubles. I used to have all the back there uh, in garden. Uh, maybe at least half of that in garden. Uh, it went well for quite a number of years. As we walk through his overgrown garden amid the clutter and weeds, we find a bed of nails. Uh, but that's it. You can feel the nails now for yourself and see how sharp they are. And, but uh, it didn't look exactly like that when I was using it. The bed of nails is badly rusted. Uh, well, I've had that for 25, 30 years. It takes quite a lot of making. And you just hammer away for a couple of days and there's your bed of nails. It's hardly going to get used again anyway. <laughs> Not by me anyhow, I know. Pascal opens the door of his mobile home. There are tomatoes and spring onions growing in the window. As you can see, it's... Uh, well, for, for one or two people, it's, it's ideal. You know, I find more discomfort in it. The 12-volt system is my lighting, uh, also my DVD and my radio, and I also use a kerosene light for reading. Now, the water, I'll... Bring it down to the well now and show you where I get the water from. And I've got me cigarette lighter out of a car here. And that light is, uh, works off, off the cigarette lighter. These lights, they're not working, but I don't know why. But they're all around, and they're from the roofs of cars. So I've got a, a loose wire there somewhere, but I, I, I'm not panicking about that. I don't really need it. My DVD, charges up my DVD. I've lost my mobile phone charger, but it charges up my mobile phone as well. It, 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 I, I'm quite happy with it. I'd like the running water, though. That's, that's one thing I do miss. Ah, oh, there's my glass. Such a small place, and you put something down, you can't find it. Amazing. Yeah. Pascal takes out a DVD player with a small 8-inch built-in screen. The speaker's up. Very bad on this. He presses play on the player. Now then, uh, in that good professional competent production which you, of which you speak so vociferously, you had a man helping you called Pat Weaver, who was the guy who helped organise your sword fight. 
It is a recording of Peter O'Toole on the Russell Harty chat show on the BBC. Now, the sword fights are here, I haven't seen these, but are in fact quite uh, heavy and clangorous is the word. It's a very good one. The eight times Oscar nominated O'Toole is in his prime. His legs are crossed and he's smoking a cigarette. And we'll say hello now to Pat Whelan, who helped to choreograph your sword fights, Pat Whelan. Then the man we met moments ago, Pascal, as a young man, appears on the screen, carrying a sword. You brought one for me, Pat, I did, yeah, I did. Now, in the 11th century, uh, people wouldn't be taking these things out of, out of sheaths and being elegant with them, would they? I don't think so, Russell, but uh, one thing I do know, that they, uh, they certainly knew how to use them or they wouldn't be alive. Uh, See, uh, uh, by the way, none of this is rehearsed. This is the first time I've ever met Russell Harty three or four minutes ago when it started. Uh, there was no rehearsal of any description. I didn't know questions he was going to ask me. Yeah. And nothing. <laughs> I, 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 demonstration. <laughs> I didn't know the form or anything. And then you're going in front of a... I think it's about 10 million viewers without a bit of rehearsals or anything. Ah, now here he is. No. And we sit there in the mobile home on Omi Island, watching Pascal Whelan sword fighting with Peter O'Toole. Well, we are going at it hammer and tongs. So we have no start, no finish, no nothing. By the scenery. The island lies out in the west, an island sweet and surely blessed, where fain in days of yore he built his church upon. Scene two, exterior western shore, daytime. That's Shark Island. Uh, I forget when it, 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 it was moved off in the 30s, I think, after a tragedy there. Pascal stands on the edge of the island. Waves crash against the shore. All that we can see is the Atlantic Ocean and a few neighbouring islands. Closer in here, we've got Fry Island, which is actually three islands. And then outside that is high. That's where there's a, a, a monastery and beehive huts still on that island. Now, then we have here, straight ahead of us, we've got Crow, C-R-O-U-G-H. And beyond that, we got America. Um, th- th- of course, the closest place to us the side is actually Newfoundland, not America. And... Uh, Strange things, which didn't I get a message in a bottle ten years ago from a six-year-old girl from Newfoundland. Then I wrote to her, sent her all the details, the maps and everything over to her. And she wrote back and she says, I'm only six years old, my mummy's writing this. It's thrown in, just not need a, a plastic bottle. But it, that one it only took nine months, which is an incredible journey. Yeah, so, so I had to go down to Boston first, round about to Boston, and then had to cross over 300 miles or something to hit the Gulf Stream. Yeah, so, and then off she came. When Pascal was born in 1942, there was over 70 living on the island. Now there is only him, 
Paul or Powell. That's my mother's name. You know, uh, it goes back uh, about 200 years, but I think they got shipwrecked. It was on, they were from Wales, and they were on, on the way to America, and they got shipwrecked. In a series of flashbacks, we see a young Pascal on Omi Island. I was the youngest out of the four of us. We, I, we was definitely the smallest out with, with four. His grandfather teaching him to horse ride on the strand, catching crabs in the rock pools, racing donkeys. The country was back at that time, but uh, we were way, way, way behind anybody else even here. Everything to us here was so natural that we didn't know anything different. This, this, this was it. This, this is how people lived. This is... This is our world. The tides just took it for granted. It's it's a complete island when it's uh, uh, the tide is in, or, or two hours before the tide comes in, and it's connected to the mainland when two and a half hours after the tide goes out. Uh, but you have to plan your day round the tide. You know, I don't have many days to plan now, thank God. But that's, you, you just work round the tide. And uh, I know when I can get out. I know when I can come home. But the, the, but the tide, I just class as natural as somebody waiting for a bus that could be late. I know my tide isn't going to be late. And Pascal Whalen lives on Omi. That's where he's at home, that's where he is the happiest, living on his own. And when the tide turns and the sea goes out at last, that's when the world comes to visit and helps to fill his glass. Scene three, exterior beach, morning. I'd say on average there'd be about four or five cars lost in this beach every year. Uh, my personal best, I lost two in one week. The, the sand went soft with the storm, uh, misjudged the tide, which for me to do that is just stupidity. And uh, there's one very mem memorable one, it was a Ford. I parked it, it well, it didn't make it. it, it was the water that cut that out. And I just left it in the beach overnight, everybody watching from Sweeney's, having a good laugh as usual. So next morning I came down anyway, I said, well, let me take a look, see where did the water go, did it get into the oil or what? And there wasn't a drop around it. So people were still watching the Sweeney's, you know, next day, next three different people. And a tractor came along, I said, look, I think this is start, give me a tow. So after being in the tide for two, two tides, it went. But what happened was the Ford is so light an engine that it, the, the wheels, the front wheels actually floated. The first thing you come across is the graveyard. Most of the graves are overlooking the beach. The ones on the other side, including my mother's one, are overlooking uh, the sea the other side. Uh, and they're just looking out at the mainland and like, it's a very close-knit community. Well, I'm close-knit because I'm the only one here. But, but, but I mean, the, uh, the, the, the mainland is a, it's a lovely community and extremely close-knit. And the funerals are 
God love them, but there's something to see. It's a mile from the church to this side of the island. And sometimes the cars are already this side and other cars haven't left the church yet. That's how big the funerals are. But the tide is well open when the funeral's finished. He stands at dawn upon the shore and sees the sunrise from his door. The first light falling on the sea That's how content man can be. Scene four. Exterior, blessed well. Uh, that is the well itself. I don't know if there's any water in it. No, I don't think so. We are on the other side of the island now. The Atlantic dominates the background. Pascal stands over an ancient well on the rock edge. Now, everybody leaves little gifts here. And, uh, you see little notes of saying, Fame, please cure me, and things like that on it. Like every time you come, there's something different. They look like human bones. I'll show you where they could have come from now, later on. But uh, every time I touch them, I come to the well to cleanse myself. As Pascal moves from location to location on the island, told through a series of flashbacks working as a counter-narrative, he recounts his life and career as a stuntman, away from the island. As far as everybody's concerned. Starting now... With Australia, it's 1962, and Pascal, age 20, has just arrived. It was just sheer, sheer chance, like... Uh, I was in Melbourne, and a friend of mine, he used to go to this wrestling, and he, he asked me to come along, and I went along, and it was great fun, I liked it, and uh, just carried on going from there. Uh, you know, it, it's very strenuous, and... Any fall needed in, in any form of life, you, you, you're taught there, you know. It's not judo or anything like that. It's a completely different way of falling. It's, uh, and you can take full body impact without hurting yourself. You know, what you see yourself, you see the professional wrestling. You know, a guy can be about somebody's thrown over the head or any darn thing and they hit the ground and there's not a bother on them. We got a few small bouts in and all the rest of it. it, it it's no, it's just it's just some passed the time away. The, 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 the one thing where I did make a bit of money on it was uh, in the boxing tents. And myself and my mate, we used to wrestle each other every time. Uh, we, we'd have about twenty fights a day or something, but you had to be fit for that, you know. And. Uh, that's in the big showrooms. It was a very famous boxing tent that used to go around. They used to pull people out of the audience, but they hardly ever did pull them, pull them out of the audience. To, they had their own people in the audience. And, uh, you know, it, 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 it worked a dream, you know? Where it came in handy was that uh, it changed everything. Like I said, wrestling not really interesting. It was just a, just a bit of crack, a bit of fun, that's all. But uh, uh, I was at acting school then for Crawford Productions. Uh, they wanted somebody to fall off a building. Now, one of the things we used to do on the wrestling was that uh, my mate would be up there on the, on the podium and I'd challenge him. 
and we used to have cardboard boxes underneath it, and I go out to go past him and push him off the podium. <laughs> so, and he'd come up raving mad, and you know. So, the, 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 so we knew the basis of the fall, and I studied up a bit of the library. And it was only thirty foot, but it seemed a million miles high to me at the time. I'd done it, and uh, somebody was just happened to be watching the the action and asked me whether I'd like to go to Hong Kong with him. With Rexy's faithful dog in hand, he sets his boat out from the land. I casts his nets and sets his pots in those for mill, your favourite spot. And Pascal Whalen lives on Omi, that's where he's at home, that's where he is the happiest, living on his own. And when the tide turns, and the sea goes out at last That's when the world comes to visit And helps to fill his glass Scene 5, exterior, ancient church It is slowly falling to pieces The ancient church uh, is barely visible it's still the Hidden in a hollow point. This is the entrance now There's some beautiful stones the window there, again, the Druid influence is solstice. And you can see at the top there, which it must be a massive structure going in. The, if we go to the, the, we go to the top of the hill there now, there's another interesting thing at the top. I loved Hong Kong. It was an unbelievable place. It was uh, uh, Wang Mong Shaw, Shaw Studios. It, 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 it wasn't on the island, it was on, on, on the, the, the Kowloon side. It was just like clockwork, you know, so you might be on three, four different movies in any one day. You always play the, the big bad white guy, you know. The white guy was always the villain in, in those movies, the devious white guy. And every, every movie had this format. But it was mostly devious, then you'd get yourself killed in the end and uh, <coughs> be fight scenes and stuff like that. You know, so, uh, 99%, you, 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 you might get thrown off a damn roof and you might not. You know, it was uh, wide open. You wouldn't know what you were doing any, any one day when you walked onto the set. I think about six, seven months there and came back to Australia and then life started getting interesting. As he travelled through this world And seen the lights and flags unfurled And yet he chose to live his life On Omi Island far from strife Scene 6 Exterior ancient mass grave The shot opens on a human bone sticking out of the ground This is the ancient graveyard There are no headstones Here's the graveyard now. Or oh, what's left of the graveyard. This is centuries old, I know, and if not a thousand years old. So, uh, like, it's never been used in living memory of anybody around here, or maybe their grandfather's living memory. But again, we always knew it was there. Nearly every time I passed here, I'd be burying bones at the bottom there. 
We started a show in uh, stunt school in Melbourne, very successful, money poured in. Uh, one in Adelaide, again, extremely successful, and stopped putting shows together. Ah, it was a bit crummy, but we did nicely out of them. But we improved and improved and improved, like you do. We'd take a scene out in the movie and reenact it. We was going on the road. We must have made a fair bit of money because we paid for the whole team to come over. Well, but doing uh, one of the big racing tracks there, there was Formula One racing on. And one of our partners had to jump off a big tower. Now, myself and Noel Oliver was the, the, the guy with his name. Uh, was in the commentary box and we looked up and there was a cop car pulling up beside where your man was climbing and I said oh what's, what's this he said oh Christ he owns a fine I said oh Jesus oh Christ we're ruined we're ruined I said no no we're not he grabbed the mic of the, of the commentator ladies and gentlemen we were told by the police today that we could not jump. We promised we'll jump, so we'll jump. So, so <laughs> off and he went up, up the tower, right? The cop followed him halfway up and then froze. To great delight of the crowd. And he jumps off the building. The other cops just down below, there, they, they arrest him. Now, this is incredible because he... he, he literally skipped bail on a fine it wasn't just a fine uh, it was just a fine we'd been able to pay it I think he hadn't turned up on court or something when we went to New Zealand now theoretically you can't get bail if that's the case you know and uh, anyway he was talking to the guy in that office so I'll give you a name of good solicitors and uh, so we went to see them they were good, all right. They had Arnie out that within two hours. And just as he was leaving the office, my partner turned around and said, Hey, uh, you don't know anybody who wants to rest the show, do you? Oh, we might. What is it? How much roughly do you want? Oh, I think that can be arranged. We'll see what we can do. And the rest was history. You had six, four, five, six, seven brand new cars, trucks motorbikes, television advertising. So then for the next three and a half years, we just toured Australia and New Zealand and filled arenas full of people. It was an extremely successful show. We recreated scenes from movies. I've seen more Australia than most Australians would see. Staying in top-class hotels all, all the way. Uh, we, we, it was so physically demanded, you could only do uh, three shows a week. I know that when we bought the people who backed us out, in two shows I bought a house in New Zealand, in a prime area. That's just two shows. You know, it, was, uh, it was extremely successful. And what we used to do, we used to do television as promotional work. And that's when I worked with Paul Hogan, Crocodile Dundee. He was on the Mike Walsh show then. Uh, and we did a... I actually had the double from him. And 
Like I was earning a lot more money than Paul was at that stage of the game. You know, uh, like one of the places we played, uh, you know, you've seen the rugby match from Brisbane. We filled that. You know, it was it was pop star status. It was extremely, extremely successful. There's a bit of a scrapbook, there's a lot more there, but I, 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 this is the best, okay. Yeah. Kicking a man out of a car. It's a pity you can't see the wheels there, but that car is going, and it's going like the clappers. It's uh, quite simple, towing a man behind a car at <laughs> full speed. And two big Maoris, the back, shooting at them. <laughs> the fight scenes, we used to do the fight scenes in the middle of the arenas. Oh, there's me just pulling a raffle for a little girl. That's perfect, it didn't mean to happen. Car going along, runs somebody over, and he goes straight through the windscreen and lands on my lap. That's it. I used to have my own aeroplane, well, the use of my own aeroplane. That was in New Zealand. That's London. Uh, I was great with the Jelly Knight. That's uh, one of my acts where a guy gets blown off a bike. Oh. My ex. Mm, it's beautiful to walk Yeah. There's the look at the faces of my audience. Nearly everyone is laughing. Some are holding their mouths, and some, some, some are. Uh, wow, that's. I think that's the best description I can give you. Most of them there is wow, you know, but they're obviously enjoying themselves. And as he torture waking hours, he thinks of all those other times. When he walked with movie stars and drove to highways in fancy cars. Scene 7, exterior, natural spring. Where the hell it comes from, I don't know. It's, it's, it's way back there. Like, most of this isn't surface at all. It's just come to the surface here, but it starts way, way, way back. It's beautiful water. A lot of the people actually come to the mainland and, and get a, a, a jar of water from here. You know, they're, they're walking, they're coming into home for a walk or anything like that, they always bring a, a container with them. You know, a lot of people. Then my second marriage split up. I'd already split up with one, the second marriage split up, so I just sold up in New Zealand and came home. The crack in Clifton was unbelievable then, one of the best places I've ever been in the world, quite honest with you. So I kicked off in the, the stunt school anyway again. I was breaking new ground. I was virtually unknown here. And my one big break here was getting on the Late Late Show. This is the mind over matter bit. Mind I, over don't, I don't mind. He doesn't matter. <laughs> whoa, whoa. 
then I got Strumpet City, which I class as the best production I've ever done in my life. It, it just kicked down there when I was doing stacks and stacks of live shows. And Pat Wheel and his team, especially to come to Galway here tonight. And here they are now in the middle of the stage. There's about 15 of them all involved. Now here's the first lady and a beautiful right to the chin. And more ladies. Oh, I wouldn't like to meet them in a dark alley, I tell you. Oh, if you tried anything with them, see what happened, lads. It's a pity, girlies. There's more. There's more of your own. And don't try this, of course. You know you don't. Oh! Don't try this at home. They're all trained. They're well trained. They know exactly what they're doing. No better man to train them than Pat Whelan. A nice steady flow. Not, 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 not a great liver now, but a, a nice one. Then the SBB and a he, which was a weekly slot. And, like I say, doing theatre now and live shows and all the rest of it. And uh, uh, was doing a show down in Waterford. It's a tragedy there. Uh, the only person I've ever lost of my stunt school, very good friend of mine, he died in a, a stunt in, uh, in Waterford. And that virtually finished my career. It virtually finished it. John uh, Condren, you know, lived in Palmerstown. And, uh, brilliant man, he had a fantastic career in front of him. I still, to this day, don't know. I think I know what happened. Now, this guy was, was no novice. He was extremely trained, experienced, experienced. And the only thing I could think of was an entrance, four entrances going into the kind of courtyard from the castle. And I reckon there was a whirlwind down low because it was perfectly on target all the way down. And uh, he, 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 he just the last few feet and he missed the landing pad. And uh, so how tough he was, he fell for nearly over 80 feet. And uh, he still was alive, like he died in my arms. And There'd be a few thousands anyway. It was for a festival, it wasn't a live show, it was for a big festival that was there. It wasn't actually in Waterford, there was a little village outside, and I can't even remember the name of the village now. That, that's, you could say, was, was really the end of my career, you know. Uh, my heart wasn't in it, and it, it shows. Even though you go through the action, it actually does show. Scene 8, exterior, Omi Strand, daytime. Just hold them at the start now. There's a red tower as well in a box, and once those are off, out of the way. We'll try and get the first race off. The desolate strand that we met Pascal on earlier is now crowded with people. No more entries now to the far side of the track. Today is the day of the Omi races. <laughs> With the owner of that... Blue van at the far side of the track. 
Move it back further, please. Move it back further. For one day in the year, hundreds visit Omi to watch horse racing on the Strand. Somebody get the that blue uh, wagon The sun is shining. Pascal walks amid the crowd. Apart from the announcer, everyone is enjoying themselves. You see a bit of chaos already. Those children in that wagon at the far side, will they get it back off the track? And those children under supervision? I can't be normal. I don't get cancer once, I get it twice. So uh, I got the kidney removed. I was in for something else. And they found a tumour on the kidney, so they took that out two years ago. Uh, still not quite over that yet. And uh, I've just gone through radiation treatment for another cancer. Mr. Wonstead, blue uh, wagon is moved away from where it is currently. We'll try and get this first race off. Like, I lost my boat because of it, because I couldn't... It was a bad storm, and the only way to get to it was swim, because there was nobody else on the aisle and I couldn't swim out to it and things like that and uh, it, 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 it's very much uh, has affected it no but please God it's uh, it's beaten now and uh, you know and my energy will start coming back and it is improving it's, it's greatly improving right? No matter, no matter which way it went, it, it was one hell of an experience. So I cherished a lot, it's like, including hard times. And that's, uh, that's part of life. You, you, you usually come out stronger from it. Get that man off the track. Get that van off of the track at the far side. Move that van off the track at the runners. Make their way to the far side. Take the, take a hand. Get that van off the track at the far side. I think we're all into the country at the far side. There's a van on the track, but they get it off the track. I guess some old man dying one day, and when they asked him, uh, what was it like to raise all those children and? Everything he'd gone through, he says, look, he says, it was just like going to sleep of a night time and having a dream. It's like I dreamt it all. That's, that's always a very, very good explanation. And uh, to the committee here this afternoon, it was a fantastic performance. Well done all around. We look forward to seeing you all. Uh, I think you next weekend can tell us from their week. Well done to all the students. Summer days have come and gone, and winter's nights can sure be long. With mighty storms and roaring seas, and yet he lives there at his ease. But no man is an island, that's what people say. Till Pascal lives on Omi, and he will for the rest of his days. Pascal Whalen lives on Omi, that's where he's at home. 
that's where he is the happiest Living on his own And when the tide turns And the sea goes out at last That's when the world comes visit And helps to fill his glass We say goodbye to Pascal. As he leaves, we meet a young man walking a horse. Here you are. You're a lovely vulgar beast. You are. Come here. Here. Oh, it has just raced. You are. You're gorgeous. You are. He's a bit wild, all right, isn't he? Yeah, we were fresh. No, you're fantastic. The horse is wild and won't settle. It's young and needs to keep moving. Just after running there, so. Yeah. Good boy. He's just racing. He's just racing. A bit more height. Yeah, he's a bit hyper, right? Just likes to keep walking. If you enjoyed this documentary, you might like to listen to our other Documentary on One productions. Visit rte.ie forward slash doc on one.